Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is Sharp Money. Here's my right hand if you're watching us at home. I'm Jeff Parles. Amal Shaw's alongside Dustin Swedelson's here. Dustin, am I reading the calendar right? July 31st? I did, I actually thought there weren't 31 days in July. I don't know why I thought that. Well, the trade deadline was always the 31st, and then they decided to just move it to the 1st because baseball does baseball things. No, but I did wake up today thinking it was August 1st, and then I went to put the rundown together, and I saw it was July 31st, and I was really thrown for a loop, and then I had to sing the song in my head, 30 days has September, April, June, and November, all the rest have 31. And I realized I never said July in there. You just can't remember them? No, you have to sing the song. Uh, I don't know about? the song, but it's pretty simple. You say, okay, November, 30 days, December, 31. I mean, April, 30. Not everyone's brain is as big as yours, Amal. February, guys. We 28, February. depending on the year, 29. Well, be 29 next and year. That's Correct. the second yeah. verse of the song about February. Yeah. No, I, look, I know the song. It was, it was great when we were, well, that was, that was probably kindergarten, right? I don't know. I, I'm 38. I still sing it. What are you talking about? <laughs> kindergarten. No, I mean, when we first learned it. I mean, not, not a... Not, not now. I look. I know. I know you're. I know you're. I learned you're it. My, you are. I didn't learn it my first time in kindergarten, but the second time it stuck. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. See what I mean? What the whole point of that is? Patrick's back tomorrow, which is going to be a lot of fun to see Patrick back. Maybe on the you set. think so? But, well, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Patrick will be back tomorrow, so you got me for one more day. So we have a lot of fun here today. I'm all. I'm uh, Matt Humans. I think you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. I think you've heard him a few times. Mm-hmm. Joins us at the top of the next hour. George Bremer covers the Colts for the Herald Bulletin. That's 4.30 Eastern time. And then former Major League pitcher now works for Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. Jensen Lewis at the top of our final hour, 5 o'clock Eastern time today. Uh, Maul, this has been a very weird NFL quote weekend. Yeah. Tweet weekend, X weekend, whatever it's called now. Whatever Elon's decided to do with that. But let's start in New York. So, of course, at the end of last week, the USA Today article where Sean Payton just took a complete hatchet to Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Not saying he was wrong, but you never see that type of thing from a head coach going after another coach or coaching staff within the profession. Usually, we you, you see 
niceties. You don't see, hey, this is one of the worst coaching jobs of all time. There's blood on 10 people, on 10 hands, all that fun stuff. So Aaron Rodgers, who has had a lot of success, two MVP years uh, with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. Now, of course, Hack is now the OC with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers went to bat for his guy. This is from NFL Network. Uh, Peter Schrager interviewing Rodgers over the weekend at Jets camp. Those comments were very surprising. Um, to For a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had... Uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Captain Touch, um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity, and it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year? thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Well, we appreciate the comments by Serena Williams. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that drives me nuts. Everybody who criticizes somebody is not insecure, okay, Aaron? Captain Insecurity over here leading the charge. Nathaniel Hackett was terrible. There's just no other way around it. So he got called out by Sean Payton. Why are you so worried about what other people think of you? Who cares? Don't worry about it. Just move on. You've got an opportunity with the team. Your guy got hired here. Just sit there and say, hey, listen, we, we don't agree with the comments. We're not worried about what's going on in Denver. We're going to concentrate on what's going on here with the Jets. That's it. Call it a day. Yeah, but that's no fun. Come on, that's no fun. I mean, you're you're at a point now where first off, the Sean Payton, the Sean Payton quotes are as good of quotes as you're ever gonna get from any professional coach. It's none of the cliched garbage that we hear all the time. Right. That's why I loved what I read in that article. It was someone that was unfiltered, gave an honest opinion for once. And look, we all agree. Hackett didn't even know the play clock existed last year as a head coach. He was dreadful. And Amal, you know this as well as anyone. There are some guys that are just made to be coordinators. There are guys who, when you give them head coaching jobs, their brain melts. And that's exactly what happened to Hackett. Now, for Rodgers and other guys at a Jets camp, Salah didn't shut it down as much as I would have liked in the initial quote uh, right after it came out as well. But, look, anything that motivates your guys, Jets play at Denver later this year. Why not use it as an extra motivational stick? It doesn't matter. I, I'm okay. I, look, I don't love it. I'll, the uh, the the over the top protection of your guy, but I don't mind it either. Just use it as motivation when you go to Mile High in Week Five. I, I first of all, if I were Rodgers, I would have come back with that. Isn't this the head coach whose defensive coordinator had bounties on people? I mean, we're really paying attention to a guy who was suspended because <laughs> of his lack of character. I would have gone straight at him. I mean, I don't understand why you got to sit there. Listen, it's hard to defend Nathaniel Hackett. He was a terrible coach. There's no way around it. But look, the ineptitude of coaching is so prevalent in the NFL, it just is mind-boggling anyway. Well, that's, that's again, we. I'm happy you brought that up. Not that it, well, it does have to do with this a little bit, but it's a little different, though. I'm all aware. They're supposed to be the 32 best head coaches in the world. The 32 best coordinators. The 32 best everything in coaching staffs. And we don't have the 32 best possible head coaches, coaching teams, at any point. We're lucky if we have half the guys knowing what the heck they're doing. I would agree with you there. I mean, you see it with clock management all the time. You know, I was on with uh, Patrick and Michael Lombardi one time, 
And he said to me, he goes, well, Ma, if you're so smart, why don't you do this? I said, because the people hiring are not smart enough to hire people like me that actually understand the math on clock management. It's actually idiotic the well, way you see some of these teams and how they manage the clock. Hack it. You go back to the game against Seattle in the first week of the season. <laughs> By the way, you're at sea level. And as Dustin so aptly pointed out, Seattle's at 174 feet on sea level. And um, instead of 175, when I said it, my point is McManus isn't the same kicker as he is at altitude at over 5,280 feet. It's just these types of things that frustrate people. Look, I don't understand why Rodgers even felt the need to come out and defend him. Well, he's his guy. Listen, he's going to have this guy's back. Come on, come no, on. No, I understand that, but let me ask you a question. Every time somebody criticizes you somewhere, let's say on social media, somebody says you're this or that, you sit there and you respond to everybody, don't worry about it. Here's my philosophy. The fact that you're worried about me tells me I've already won. The fact that I'm not responding to you tells you you're said. It's like the old line everyone uses, rent-free, right? It's like that. I agree with you. I really don't like when adults care what other people think about them and then have to speak about it. But in this case, I do respect someone defending someone else. Like if it was Nathaniel Hackett coming out and being like, you don't understand what went wrong. It wasn't my fault. It was Russ. Yeah, that would have been sure. Yeah. But the fact that it's Rodgers defending Hackett, I think it's a little bit different. That's, again, I'm all – I think it was a little over the top. Well, obviously, everything was over the top here. Peyton's comments. This is even WWE. Were, yeah, no, it's it's it's. But re- sh- stuff we don't see in the NFL. We just First don't all, see it. It's entertaining, but I think Sean Payton also knows that he's like behind the pearly gates, right? Like, there's a certain well, amount of like cachet and protection he gets afforded. Here, here's the one other thing, though. Like, what happens? Like, this is just cover for Payton too. What happens if Denver underachieves again? He's just going to – you can fling this back and say, hey, that coaching staff screwed up my team so badly. No, of course no, he wants seven I, th- I think it's the opposite. You think if they're good that he's going to get – No, mean, no, I, I think if they're bad, Sean Payton's going to look even worse because he's he, right. he said the team stunk only because of Nathaniel. Right. Okay, that that, that's also a yeah. fair way to look at it as I, well. That's why I don't understand yeah. the comments. There's no need for them. And second, why add fuel to the fire for the matchup, I think, what, week, week five? five? Yeah. And it's a game the Jets are probably going to need with that difficult first four weeks. This kind of reading between the lines, I don't know. My vibe is that Russell Wilson doesn't look as good as Sean Payton thought. I agree with that. And he, <laughs> he was doing this to fire him up to see what else is left in the tank. Yeah, you're probably right point. there. You're probably right on that. That, oh boy, I'm, I might be looking at Jared Stidham if I have to on the back end of the schedule. If you're not looking at Jared again. Stidham. You just sit there and say, we're going to run the ball. We're going to go with an extra blocker. Yeah. Jared Stidham. You can, and now isn't Patrick, Tim Patrick's out? Tim Patrick this morning, uh, again, uh, had an ACL tear a yeah. year ago, missed most of the season. Now ruptures the Achilles in the opposite leg of where he tore the, uh, the ACL last year this morning. Uh, so that just, that hurts their depth. Really nice number three wide receiver. His season's done before it even starts. Of course, still, Jerry Judy there, Cortland Sutton, a very nice one-two punch, but the depth takes a little bit of a hit, especially with Hamler as well dealing with pectoral and with a pectoral injury as well. Yeah, I, I tell you, I'm not a believer in Russell Wilson. I think I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, but the drop-off has been precipitous in Denver, and I don't think even though Sean Payton will be able to make some improvements, I don't think it's going to be enough to get this team to where people think they are. It, to me, I, I don't get this belief in Denver. Yes, their defense is very good, but overall. I just don't think Russell Wilson's the same guy he once was. And the fact that the Broncos gave him this long-term contract. Let me ask you this question. What happens if a player under contract perishes? Is the contract off the books then? I'm just asking a question. Uh, I'm sure there's something in the PA that the family gets some percentage of. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt your salary cap is more what I'm concerned about. I can't believe we're going here. 
Oh. You guys obviously don't live in the real world anywhere in Central or South America and how things happen at times. Oh, my God. Are you saying they should put out a hit on Russell Wilson? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm just asking oh. if, if something oh. happened. That's what it sounded like. I, see, I'm smart enough to know how to phrase it. <laughs> I did well on my LSATs. I actually should have gone to law school. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, Dustin, where, what's your take on that? All right, to your other point about <laughs> Russell Wilson being cooked, here's the thing about Russell Wilson. Is, what is this, Narcos now? He, the guy he thinks he is is not who he is. That's his biggest problem on the field. The whole letting Russ cook has never worked once. And then the comments we've heard from his past Seahawks teammates making fun of him after his life leaving the team leads me to believe the personality is as weird as it looks on from the outside. I'm just not buying Russell Wilson similar to Amal, and I believe he should live a long, prosperous life for as long as God willing allows him to. I, I, don't I like that you have to put the disclosure in on that, too. I don't even know what he's... I mean, you don't know what he's talking about? It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay, regardless. I will say this, though, Dustin, you brought it up real quick there. The fact that all the Seattle teammates seemingly were thrilled with him not playing well in Denver, I think tells you all you need to know about what happened in the Pacific Northwest. Hey, uh... Jonathan Taylor, Jim Ursay, weird things going on in Indy and the baseball trade deadline next on Sharp Money. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want to get in on the fantasy action, but sick of managing your roster, sick of player injuries ending your season with Best Ball and DK? You get the best of your team all year long. And this year at Best Ball and DraftKings, it's bigger than ever with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes. For a limited time, you can join Best 
ball on DraftKings and get your first entry back in DK dollars as soon as the draft is over. Sign up today on the DraftKings app. Sharp is the code you want to use to take advantage of this great offer before it expires. Teams with the most points by the end of the year will have a shot at taking home in a million-dollar top prize. So what are you waiting for? DraftKings app, code SHARP. Start playing best ball today. Gambling problem call 100 gambler one come out cut one per customer opt in require $10 entry fee bonus issued as is $10 in DK dollars agent eligibility restrictions apply void prohibited at draftkings.com slash promotions for details it's sharp money here on VSIN live at the South Point I'm Jeff Parles I'm all Shaw Dustin Sweetelson alongside we're all thrilled to be with you here on the final day of July by the way I'm all I was, I was out of town this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was in Southern California. 80 degrees when you've been in 110 plus for a month. It's the greatest thing of all time. But, you know, I hear people complaining about the weather all the time when they visit here. I mean, unless you're working outside doing construction or doing landscaping, when do you actually notice it? And, and and this city has the best air conditioning that is units the, in all of the country. Uh, there's no question <laughs> about it. Hold on. Here's what I'll say. Public places have the best air conditioning. That's what it comes down to more than anything. If you get my drift there. Are you taking out? He's talking about ki- killing people. And now I you're never said anything your, about your, killing. Your, uh, apartment complex. I will not say anything else. That's all I'll say. First of all, all I'll say. It's like about Fight Club. Never talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all I'm right. a narc. <laughs> Man. You're, you're, Dustin, I got to tell you right now, if we all three got picked up, there's no question my money would make you a $5,000 favorite to turn state's evidence. Oh, uh, to save myself? Yes, there's yeah, no question. my life is more important. Oh, if it was the three of us? Oh, yeah, 100%. We would, he would I, be the I, first I, one. In all honesty, I think the two of us would be in a war for who would turn first. I would, I, what do you need on them? I got all the dirt. <laughs> I got stuff that doesn't even apply to what we're in jail for right now. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. That would be a fun way to explain things uh, here at the network. But regardless. All right, so... I want to go to the whole Indianapolis situation here real quick because this just doesn't make any sense. All of this, Jonathan Taylor and there were the rumors of the back pain that went out that clearly got fed to reporters by the team to help, help find ways not to have to pay him. Taylor tweeting out over the weekend, never, never had back pain, never reported back pain. Not sure where the sources are, but need to find new ones. Jim Ursay with I, Dustin. I, this is the weirdest quote I think I've ever seen out of Ursay, which is saying something because the man has had a lot of weird stuff over the years. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that the National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a part of it. See, this Ursay's just taking a page out of your book here. No, Mom. I took the page out of his book. Oh, okay. In theory, you know, there was a quote from an NFL owner. I thought it was a great runway lead-in to this question. That's why I just asked. In terms of salary cap, I wasn't sure how it affects Denver or potentially the Colts. Fair. It's fair. <laughs> and then this morning, to make matters even more complicated in Indy, Zach Moss broke his arm during practice. So he's out six weeks. So that knocks him out at least the first week of the regular season, probably two. So things are going very well in Indianapolis right now for the Colts. Look, this team's got a long way to go. Anthony Richardson's going to be running the ball quite a bit. I I like Jonathan Taylor a lot more than apparently Jim Irsay does. But I I understand the argument against not paying running backs. Uh, We've talked about this. 
Um, it's what the market is, and you're just not going to get paid. My biggest thing is if you're a running back, you better learn to catch the football and start playing on the perimeter growing up in high school and college. You're just going to have to shift positions. Um, but if, but here's the other thing I don't understand. These guys are still making $10 million a year. Unless you're an elite wide receiver at 20 or a defensive end or a DB. It's not like linebackers are making $20 million a year. All sorts of industries have evolved over the last 20, 30 years. That's a great point. And yeah. they're not worth, and the people who work for them don't make as much as they made 20, 30 years ago comparatively. Yeah. This is just the evolution of, of society. Right. Like, this is just a part of the world. And as long as co- there's a salary cap and quarterbacks are making 45 to $50 million a year and you need a good offensive line and you still need a defense to stop other teams that have quarterbacks making $45 to million, $50 million a year – someone's going to take a hit here. And based on the past, I don't know, 10 to 12 Super Bowl winners where LeGarrette Blunt was the leading rusher on three of them, the position does not matter like it used to. Well, it's just the evolution of more passing in the game. It's as, it's as simple as that. And, you know, it's it's been an offseason where we saw Saquon Barkley not get a long-term deal. He ends up coming the term on a shorter-term deal. Uh, Jonathan Jacobs is still not in training camp for the Raiders, even though I – I'm stunned he didn't take the money because that's pretty fair for what he is. And now Taylor, who, let's face it, as great as he is, Indianapolis hasn't been in the playoffs the last few years. Go ahead. Well, let's hear from Andy Reid, who has won multiple Super Bowls with Daryl Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, guys of that nature as his running back. Here's what he had to say about this drama, about the position wanting to get paid. I think it's secular. I just think it... It goes running backs when I got in the league were, you know, we're making good money. And all of a sudden the pass game came up and it's working through the colleges and high schools. And, and so everybody wants to play wide receiver now that teams are throwing the ball. So uh, devalues that position just a bit, um, but it'll come around. I mean, it'll, it'll work its way back around. You know, I understand his comment, but I'll be honest. If I'm the head coach and they ask me that question, I would just say no comment and move on to the next question. There's no, nothing good kind of come of it. You can sit there and say, well, the running back should be paid. And all of a sudden, Pacheco's going to go to management a year later and say, hey, I should be paid. Just sometimes the no comment is the best comment. And also, I, I don't know about you guys, I don't want one running back. If I'm investing all that money in a salary cap league to one guy, if that guy gets hurt, that screws up my depth where I could win with two, three guys that are a little bit worse than an elite running back, but pay them all a little bit less across the board. I can rely on each one week to week as they're healthy. Look at Philadelphia this coming into this year, okay? Miles Sanders makes more money in Carolina now than all the Eagles running backs put together. Would you rather have just Miles Sanders or would you rather have DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, and Trey Sermon? Yeah. It's not even a debate. I'd rather lease my running backs than buy them. It's a great, that's a great analogy. And, you know, to me, when you look at these running backs right now, even you go to the collegiate level, Alabama's used multiple backs. Georgia's done the same thing. Michigan's got Corum and Edwards. You really do need two running backs. The game is very physical. It still has an impact in terms of over the course of the season. So I, I can appreciate where these teams have decided to go with a two-headed monster. It just makes more sense. Outside of Derrick Henry, who's, I mean, built like a defensive end. Once-in-a-lifetime so, Yeah, exactly. Um, Who, by the way, if he was coming out now would and was up for a contract, he'd probably still get treated similarly. I, I mean, he, he would have to because he's just the battering ram. How much, how much longer can you do it even if you're a physical specimen like him? Well, and also, and tell me what they've won since paying. And he made an AFC title game. That's the most they've done. But it's not his fault that quarterback play has been terrible. But no, that's the point. The money 
is tied up in the running back. So then if you don't have an elite quarterback, let's say in their instance, they don't, they have a pretty solid game manager. You then can't pay for the other pieces around him to make him better. And arguably, even though they made the AFC title game in the 2019 season as a six, they were a one seed just two years ago. And they lost that game because Ryan Tannehill turned the ball over multiple times and made the horrible throw that set up the winner uh, at the end for McPherson. Well, first of all, you don't want your quarterbacks to become wide receivers, Matt Jones, and you don't want your uh, wide receivers to be quarterbacks. Tannehill is a perfect example of that. I think Vrabel's a tremendous coach. I love Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy's the, what, the all-time leading rusher in high school football, Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama, uh, a premier running back in the National Football League for the last half a dozen years or so. He has been outstanding throughout his entire career. But again, like you guys talked about, the the running back position has been devalued, and it's because it's a passing lead. I thought Dustin brought up a great point last week, Jeff. I don't know if you were here or not, but he talked about the fact that you teams don't have great running backs over the last decade. You need quarterbacks. That's where it's at. I also just made it about five minutes ago, yeah, too. I, I you can just yeah. I just think that also on the scrap heap. There, remember C.J. Anderson a few years ago yeah, with the bowling yeah. ball? Yes. There are dudes out there on the scrap heap that in the right offensive sit. Like I trust, Ky- like the fact that Kyle Shanahan has Christian McCaffrey at running back is wild because I believe him, similar to his father, who had guys like Tatum Bell and Trunk Candidate run for a ton of yards in the league. I believe that there are. Decent guys not even on rosters right now at that position. We're at the quarterback position and receiver position. It's much harder to find. Yeah, I would agree with you there. By the way, I would disagree with you on Trunk Candidate having a pretty good. I was running out. I was just, I was trying to. Yeah, Trunk Candidate was with the Rams and was. Who was, who was the other guy with Denver? Tatum Bell. Yeah, Tatum, but that was a little bit after. Mike Bell? No, there was someone Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. No, there was one more. I'll come up with it. Trunk candidate ran like a four three at his Arizona pro day, and that's why he got drafted high by Mike Martz. And uh, he wasn't playing Arizona State every week. All I will say is, if you had a trunk candidate mentioned more than once on the show today, go cash your ticket at the window for a big price. We're going to college football next. Our college football betting guide out Thursday. Look at some Heisman numbers next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Who will win the Heisman Trophy? Who will be in the final four of the college football playoff? Which teams will surprise? Which teams will disappoint? All these questions and more can be answered by reading the 2023 VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. Detailed team previews, picks, and best bets from our writers, hosts, and DraftKings personalities are just a few clicks away after you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Not only will you get the College Football Betting Guide, but you'll also get... The newly released NFL betting guide and all access to the daily best bets, picks, and a glance from our VEASAN shows and full viewing of our DraftKings betting splits. Check out the current offers right now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back in. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson's here as well. And Dustin, as I just said, our college football betting guide out later this week. So why don't we look through what we give you a little taste of what we have in the college football betting guide this week. Heisman trophy, Amal Shah. Mm-hmm. Zachary Cohen, one of our editors wrote it up and I'll say this, just going through the list of players that he has. I have a top four. Do, do we count it as a, as a Mount Rushmore? Or are we done with those at this point? 
Uh, just a tie. I think just top just four. Just top four works. Top four's work. I'll get mine at the end of the segment. So here's what Zachary Cohen wrote up, and you can read all of his explanations when you get the guide later this week. His best chalk, so short shot, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis at 12-1. to 1. So Florida State in the first month of the season plays LSU and Clemson. After that, their schedule gets real soft real quick. So, Amal, we have only, we, we've talked about in the past players winning this award in September. Right. Which can happen more than you'd think in the Heisman Trophy race. If there's anyone that could win this race in September, it is Jordan Travis because of the LSU and Clemson games both coming in the first four weeks of the year. No question about it. I mean, think about this. The LSU game is on Sunday. It's a standalone game. You're going to have national coverage on that one. Then the Clemson game probably be a game day matchup. I, I'm not sure in terms of where Clemson will be in the preseason poll, but you're looking at a potential top 10, top 15 matchup right there. So great opportunity. Uh, then they get a buy. They're at Virginia Tech. Uh, obviously, that's not as big of a deal nowadays, but you still have the Miami game at the Florida game at the end of the year. And even though they're not marquee as much as they've been in the past to play Miami and Florida in two out of three weeks at the end of the year, it still bodes extremely well and their rivalry game. So you're always going to get a little bit cachet out of that. I, I think Jordan Travis got a great opportunity. I said it last week. I said, Jordan Travis to me is the best bet in terms of one of the favorites right now, because he's a legitimate dual threat. He's the best quarterback in the ACC outside of Drake may, but with the team that he has around him, I think he's in the best position. This team's got a legitimate shot at worst to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. Well, and I mean, he could have his Heisman moments very early in the season too, which could shorten things up. Right. Well, that that's the whole thing. He if, could win the he could win this award in September. Yeah, if you Florida like Jordan, Yeah, if you like Jordan Travis, you have to bet him preseason, I think. Yeah. Yes. Because if he does what you're projecting him to do week one and week two, that number is going to get very, very short. And he can cut, not coast, but he doesn't have as has to have as gaudy in numbers because he has two marquee wins against two powerhouse programs to start things off. If they, again, that LSU game's in Orlando this year after it was in Baton Rouge, Florida State, of course, won that game in asinine fashion a year ago. But if he plays well and they beat LSU, who, hey, look, LSU. Very much in a national championship consideration. I'm, uh, I'm very. I know high you're. On them. I know you're high on them. I think yeah, the winner. That game's in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. They might not even win, make the SEC title game because of that. But at Clemson, especially with a win and a good performance against LSU, that's going to determine who the number one seed is in the ACC title game. Look, I don't think Jordan Travis can win the Heisman Trophy unless he has some spectacular game and they lose a tight game like LSU lost to Florida State last yeah, year. Lose by a point. Yeah, yeah. something to that, uh, something similar to that. Other than that, it, as you alluded to, you're absolutely right. He gets off to a fast start. What you think anyone's going to be impressed with Caleb Williams going up against San Jose State? All six people who have the Pac-12 network will be able to see it. Uh, so he's got a great opportunity, uh, three games that they're neutral site. You know, it's crazy. They play a neutral site in two road games in September, which is shocking for a team that's got a shot to not only make the college football playoff, be a contender for the national title. Let's uh, go back to Zachary Cohen's article. Dustin, a guy you cannot quit, comes in as his best value, and that's Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. 35-1 to 1 was the number that Zachary Cohen used in the article, but – Dustin, I, again, I'm low in Oklahoma this year. I know you just can't quit this guy. 
Well, the Big 12 is wide open, right? Yes. So that that helps our case. I think Oklahoma looked awful on offense a year ago. However, how many quarterbacks on the uh, on the Heisman board right now have played with the same offensive coordinator for three years? Despite being a transfer to Oklahoma from UCF, Jeff Lebby brought Dylan Gabriel from there over. So he played for Lebby. At Central Florida, this will now be year three playing for Levy in the system. You have to assume he will be more acclimated to Oklahoma in general. You will get a better version of Dylan Gabriel. And he's a guy when he was down in Orlando put up massive numbers. That's why I think he's interesting. And also, he's going to have a team now with Oklahoma looking much better on the defensive side of the ball with Brent Venables there last year. He's going to have a team that's going to keep him in a lot of ball games. So I think because of that, he's absolutely in the mix and worth a flyer at 30, 35 to 1. You know, I think why he's a great bet is if you look at Oklahoma's schedule, Arkansas State, SMU, at Tulsa, at Cincinnati, uh, Iowa State. They great should. Great first five weeks. What's that? That's a great first five weeks. Yeah, to very good. And you get Iowa State. Now, look, Matt Campbell's teams always play OU tough, but that game is in Norman. And then it's. It's State Fair of Texas. You get te- you get a matchup with Texas who, if they beat Alabama, and Dylan Gabriel has a monster game. Remember, Caleb Williams had his coming out party at the State Fair of Texas yep. in the come-from-behind game. Remember when Kennedy Brooks hits the end zone at the end of that game? He ended Casey Thompson's run. Yes, that, he did. I, that, was, <laughs> that was some game. I, Wait, I, mean, I yeah, tell you what, right? that was, yeah. Yeah, yep. it was Casey Thompson. Yep, absolutely. I mean, Texas had, a, I think, was like a, I don't remember the lead, but they had a pretty decent, like an 18-point lead or something in that game. And then Dylan, uh, I'm sorry, Caleb Williams comes in and hits that beautiful touchdown pass to Marvin Mims on the right side of the end zone. OU, I think, has got a chance to have a really good season. I know not a lot of people may not be as high on them, but I think Oklahoma's in a pretty good spot if they can somehow get the victory against Texas. Let's uh, keep looking at this list here. The dark horses, dark throws. You know, I feel, by the way, I think that my guy Zachary Cohen paid attention to the top eleven list last week. You know, so looking at the at the dark horses and dark th- throws, real quick, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson at Alabama. Now we were having this conversation off the air last week about Alabama court. Alabama well, did you see how my top eleven Heisman uh, long shots ended last week? What did you have a one? One, what? Well, that's a great question. Who was one? Come on, you see, you're the one who had the Drake list. May or McCord? I can't remember. But McCord would have to be for. A I had all shot. three Alabama quarterbacks on the list because the numbers are so long, and I went Milrow, uh, Mil- Milrow, Simpson, and then Buckner. So Milrow should start Week One for Alabama. I. I don't even think it should be a debate. I agree with you. No, the, the, only, the only fear in betting this market with the Alabama quarterbacks is that they're going to mix and match them. That's the only fear you have. Yeah, but again, Milrose just God can do more than the other guys. I got He's him at 100 even, to 1, so I want him to no, be the guy. Look, 100 to 1 should be a great bet. Uh, Cohen has, has Milrow and Ty Simpson. I guess Simpson just as a backup if they go yeah. with him. I, I told you anything. Like, I wouldn't do that. I didn't like your Buckner play. He's terrible. He's terrible. No, I. The, First of all, I cornered myself by saying that I had to have 25 to 1 or greater on the list. And on the 1% chance he ends up winning that job, I put him on the list. Well, even if he wins a job, he's not going to be the guy long term. I am telling you right now, he's a terrible quarterback. But the one play I don't like on that list is DJ Uyunglele. Last time Oregon State had a Heisman Trophy winner was what, that 1962 Terry Baker? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm going to just preemptively say RIP to Terry Baker. I'm assuming 
been a I while. Know, we'll have to look. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> um, but the running back, look, I think Quorum's going to get hurt by the fact that Donovan Edwards is his backup. Sure, sure. But on, on your Uangule, I can't mm-hmm. say it, yeah. um, on DJ, there's a thought out there that Clemson was so bad offensively that they actually held him back. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I don't buy that. Because the dude we saw step up against Notre Dame when he really wasn't ready for the moment but looked ready for the moment was not the guy we saw handed the keys to the car. If you ranked every team in the Power Five from a value based on their school, like you'd say, you know, these teams are like USC, be top three, five, whatever, Oregon State would be dead last of every program in the Power Five. Only Washington State would be in competition. I was, was going to say Washington, Washington State. Has a legitimate Washington argument. State and Oregon State would be the least valuable. You, you, uh, let me tell you, a guy from Oregon State is not winning the Heisman Trophy. I'm just telling what you right now. What happens if Oregon State wins the Pac-12, though? Nobody respects the Pac-12. I mean, that's fair. Caleb Williams is a generational player. That's why you look at him differently. But, there, look, Lincoln Riley still can't coach defense because he's got Alex, who, the Grinch who stole defense. <laughs> what happens if I have a six-pack by the time the next segment starts? Same chance of Uyunglele winning the Heisman. <laughs> I'll take the odds that Uyunglele is going to No, be because he might actually that. just go get a six-pack of beer. He didn't say which one. On that note, we move over to baseball next on Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today and the new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus instantly. Use the promo code VSIN. 
when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for all terms and conditions. Welcome back in. It's Sharp Money. I'm Jeff Barles. I'm all Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson alongside. We'll get to the baseball trade deadline in a few moments here. Aaron Savali, the latest dealt, goes to Tampa for a first base prospect from the Rays going back to Cleveland. We'll have more thoughts on some other trades and potential Verlander deal in a little bit. I want to wrap up what we were talking about with the Heisman real quick. Dustin, last week you had Braylon Allen at number nine on your list for best long shot, right? Feels right. Yeah, number nine. Did you end up having Corum on there or no? I did. I Corum is a guy that I love, but as Amal mentioned last segment, he's a guy that, look, you have to be nervous about the fact that they have another RB1 right next to him in Edwards, but I still believe the team's going to go as far as Blake Corum takes him. I still think he's the guy. Before he got hurt last year, he was carrying them, and it's also for me – if I think they're a potential playoff team up until that Ohio State game, and I don't believe in J.J. McCarthy. So to me, it's a fate of J.J. McCarthy on a team that I think is going to be potentially playoff bound. And if they're there, I believe it's Blake Corum that's going to lead them. Well, the, one, the one issue with that is that Donovan Edwards, if he's worse at all, it's not by much <laughs> behind Blake Corum. That would be my one concern. They have the best running back room in college football. I don't even think there's a debate on that. I no. mean, we're go- and it's also going back a few years, probably as good as like some of the years where Alabama had two or three pros. Yeah. I don't know if they're that good. They're Cor- pretty Corum's, good, though. Corum's no, the best really since good. then. Best since then. Oh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I-, I think Michigan, they've got their best chance to win a national title that they're really ever going to have uh, going back to 97. You've got Ohio State at home. You're at Penn State. Those are your two games. The non-conference is East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. and I mean, that's about as good as it gets. It's a perfect scenario. I mean, again, Harbaugh's not coaching the first month either. And just jabroni, 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 jabroni the first four weeks. Yeah, I mean, at Nebraska, it'll be his first game. At Minnesota, it could be a little bit of a hiccup, but I just don't think the Gophers will be able to necessarily hang for 60 minutes. They just don't have – their season win total is 10.5, right? If you – this thing – should be over November 18th in terms of the bet. All depends on that week, that uh, next, the third to last week of the year at Penn State. And obviously the final Saturday in November will determine who likely represents the Big Ten in the playoff. We're going to get into Penn State a little bit later on, but I'll tell you what, I, I think Penn State's very good. I just think the problem is they've got two teams in front of them that are elite. And their head coach. Yeah, there's no question about that. James Franklin at times leaves a lot to be desired. But, you know, I think Michigan, I actually think the, for the first time in forever, or it seems like forever, you're going to have a national champion coming out of the Big Ten. I think it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan. Whoever wins that game, I think has got a great shot to win the national title. You got a reaction out of Dustin there. I'm not that surprised. I, I think I don't think the SEC teams are as good as they've been well, yeah, it's the, fine. Last, the last I, eight years. No, here's the thing. With, look, Alabama's going to be solid to good, but – the odds makers just automatically, oh, Georgia, because they're going to be in the playoff because of the schedule. There are 20 teams that can play Georgia's schedule and go undefeated. If LSU is playing Georgia's schedule, they are in the college football playoff. Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Texas. I mean, it, it feels like there's a plethora of teams you can select that can play Georgia's schedule. They'd be in the college football playoff. So I understand why the dogs, but they should not be a two-to-one favorite. You don't know what Carson Beck is. It's like it's shocking to me that they make this team so so short of a favorite. There's no reason to bet Georgia at this point in time. You can wait till the college football playoff and they're plus one thirty to win it all to bet it instead of betting right now at two to one. I want to go to my list real quick on the Heisman. 
odds here. I have four. I couldn't really get the five. So I have Caleb Williams on my list. To win it? Yes. I know the I know he's the shortest, but he is the one guy who could just have just an absurd stat line when it's all said and done. And if USC makes the playoff, which I think they have a darn good chance actually getting there for once this year, plus 550 is going to look pretty nice potentially by the end of September. But again, I'm going against 45 years of history here with Archie Griffin, of course, being the last back-to-back. Here's the thing, though. Part of the problem is that so many of the Heisman Trophy winners, when they win it, have moved on. So there are not too many players that are in the position to come back and to repeat. Caleb Williams is an unbelievable football player. Whatever you feel about USC or Lincoln Riley or even Caleb Williams is irrelevant. When you have an opportunity to watch this guy play, it is must-see TV. He is he is the collegiate version to me of Patrick Mahomes. But because of that, as the, the guy coming back here and the incumbent Heisman winner, because of that, you're going to get everyone's best the next year. There's a reason that no one's repeated since Archie Griffin. Like I actually have some stats that I researched going back. So some, some of the guys like Billy Sims in 78, he was the sixth junior to ever win the award. Did not have the year, had a good year the next year, but lost out to Charles white. Like they're always going to find someone else to award it to Ty Detmer in 90 came back. Desmond Howard ended up winning the 91 award. No one's arguing against Desmond Howard. Oh, for Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart voted for Reggie Bush the next year. They want to spread this award around. Well, well, I think even just recent memory. I mean, Lamar Jackson was better in 2017 than he was in 2016. That's that's the biggest one. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, I thought, was better the year he didn't win. He won in it's close. 07. <laughs> it's close. He won in 07. They the 08 team lost the SEC championship. No, I'm sorry. He won in he won in 07. And 08 team won the national championship. Uh, they still had Percy Harvin. So no, that's fair. That's fair. But in 08, he had 30 touchdowns to four picks. That, and that was just passing. Yeah. Plus, I believe 12 rushing TDs. So 42 total touchdowns. Well, Caleb last year had 42 passing touchdowns. Okay, it was a different game. Different was a little game bit different. Different. No, yeah, I, yeah. I I don't disagree with you. Listen, but, hey, wait wait a minute, wait a minute. No, Danny Werfel, go back and look at Danny's numbers in the 90s. He was putting up touchdown well, passes he, left and right. Here's my point. He was running shoot, though. Here's my point, is there's always something the next year that happens. Br- Sam Bradford won in 08, hurt his shoulder in 09. Johnny Manziel in 2012 falls apart the next year like we've never seen before. Winston wins in 13. Winston has a chance to defend his Heisman. Marcus Mariota wins it like there's always somebody else coming there's always teams getting up to face those Heisman winners there's the voters because it's a voting based system and by the way the past Heisman winners are part of the voting but Parle said it best you we look at what um uh Lamar Jackson did at Louisville his second year he was even way, better than he was, he was way better year. yeah he was way and better Baker Mayfield won in 17 yeah yeah but my, so that's the point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to repeat. There, yeah, so I, yeah, I, like Caleb Williams, I get all your points. And if there's someone in a system that's going to do it, it's probably him. I just can't pull the trigger. The, re- the rest of my list, my very long shot is Cam Rising at Utah. My concern is that I don't think Utah is quite as good as they were a year ago. But they're in a conference where the, the team that looks the best on paper they have a humongous mental edge over and just own their soul. So there are worse 70 to ones out there than Cam Rising. And then my my top two, I've said this already with you, Amal. 
Sam Hardman at 16 to one Notre Dame's going to have a vertical passing game for the first time in forever. And if Notre Dame gets the double digit wins, Sam Hardman's going to get almost all of the credit for that. Let's say they beat Ohio State and he throws for 304 touchdowns or three touchdowns. That's a Heisman moment. Absolutely. I mean, he's in a great position. Um, Hartman at 16 to one, I think is a really good bet. I don't know if people have watched him enough at Wake Forest. He is a tremendous college player. He's awesome. He really is. He is awesome. And, you know, you look at Cam Rising. If Cam Rising played for a program that was like, say, USC, he'd probably be 20 to one to start the season. I think the indictment on him is Utah. They got a really, they got one of the best coaches in college football. The schedule's a lot more challenging, but they still have a potential to win the league again. He is a key for them. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. I mean, he is a legitimate dual threat. I, I don't think he'll be able to win it, but to me, he's a far better bet than uh, DJ Uyunglele. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, 70 to 1, it is a dart. That is the definition of a dart. But look, I mean, to get a standalone game against Florida, play at, I mean, that's that first month, it is w- rare to say you can find a way to get yourself really in a race in the first month. I mean, high quality game against Florida, high quality game at Baylor, UCLA will get eyeballs. Oregon State is a yep. team that people like this year. There are much w- worse bets on the board down there at 70 to 1. And, and then, of course, the game October 21st in Los Angeles against USC. Think about the games they're going to have. He, You're right, Jeff. That's why I think the schedule is tough for this team. But three of the four games after October 21st at USC, Oregon at home will be a national TV game, of course. And then uh, at Washington, if you can go on the road and win in Los Angeles and win a Husky Stadium in Seattle, man, I, that puts you in New York City in my book. Beat USC twice last year. Yep. He's yeah, not scared right. of them. The last one I had on my list was Kyle McCord at 22 to 1. There's just so many weapons on Ohio State. And if they are in the national championship race like we all expect them to be, the Ohio State quarterbacks at least could have a shot. Do not bet do Marvin it. Harrison. No, don't bet. I agree with you. There's too many weapons on that team. And as great no, as he, he is, he doesn't get used in special teams or in run situations. That's what all the guys that play on the perimeter have been able to do in the past. Matt Humans joins us next for some of his favorite season win totals in college football. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.